Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God who forgives all our sin, whose mercy endures forever. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and by what we have done, by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of in mercy, loved us even when we were dead in sin, and made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. In the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. Rejoice in this good news.
grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Let us pray. Eternal God, you draw near to us in Christ, and you make yourself our guest. Amid the cares of our lives, make us attentive to your presence, that we may treasure your word above all else. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. A reading from Amos. This is what the Lord God showed me, a basket of summer fruit. The Lord said, Amos, what do you see? And I said, a basket of summer fruit. Then the Lord said to me, the end has come upon my people Israel. I will never again pass them by. The songs of the temple shall become wailings in that day says the Lord God. The dead bodies shall be many, cast out in every place, be silent. Hear this, you that trample on the needy and bring to ruin the poor of the land, saying, when will the new moon be over so that we may sell grain and the Sabbath so that we may offer wheat for sale? We will make the epa small and the shekel great and practice deceit with false balances buying the poor for silver and the needy for a pair of sandals and selling the sweepings of the wheat. The Lord has sworn by the pride of Jacob, surely I will never forget any of their deeds. Shall not the land tremble on this account and everyone mourn who lives in it and all of it rise like the Nile and be tossed about and sink again like the Nile of Egypt? On that day, says the Lord God, I will make the sun go down at noon and darken the earth in broad daylight. I will turn your feasts into mourning and all your songs into lamentation. I will bring sackcloth on all loins and baldness on every head. I will make it like the mourning for an only son and the end of it like a bitter day. The time is surely coming, says the Lord God, when I will send a famine on the land, not a famine of bread or a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. They shall wander from sea to sea and from north to east. They shall run to and fro, seeking the word of the Lord, but they shall not find it. Word of God, word of life.
reading from Colossians. Christ is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For in Christ, all things in heaven and on earth were created, things visible and invisible. Where thrones or dominions or rulers or powers, all things have been created through him and for him. Christ himself is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Christ is the head of the body, the church. Christ is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have first place in everything. For in Christ, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through Christ to reconcile to God's own self all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace through the blood of his cross. And you, who were once estranged and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, Christ has now reconciled in his fleshy body through death, so as to present you holy and blameless and irreproachable before God, provided that you continue securely established and steadfast in the faith, without shifting from the hope promised by the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven. I, Paul, became a servant of this gospel. I am now rejoicing in my suffering for your sake, and in my flesh I am completing what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, that is, the church. I became its servant according to God's commission that was given to me for you, to make the word of God fully known, the mystery that has been hidden throughout the ages and generations, but has now been revealed to the saints. To them, God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of his mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. It is Christ whom we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone in all wisdom so that we may present every mature, everyone mature in Christ. Word of God, word of life. Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Now, as Jesus and his disciples went on their way, he entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her, her home. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he was saying. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks, so she came to him and asked, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Thank you. 
This past weekend, I made my yearly pilgrimage to Hot Springs, North Carolina for the Wild Goose Festival. And for those of you who have never heard of such a festival, I want you to imagine this. Imagine Woodstock, but for people of faith. And every July for the past five years, I've made the 10-hour drive with me and my other hippie friends down to the Appalachian Mountains, and we bathe in the French Broad River together there. And it's together in that sacred place that we sing and we dance and we celebrate for four days the beloved community that the wild goose, the Holy Spirit, blesses us with. It's that community of oddballs and outsiders that is enough to bring me back every year. But as I further reflected on what it is that calls me back to the goose, it's more than just the community for me. I go back to the goose year after year because for me, it is also a prophetic space. And what I mean by that is that it's a space that frees me from distractions. Because isn't that what the best prophets do for us? They free us from distractions so we can focus on what matters, so we can see what's really important to put our attention on. So. I go to the Goose each year for four glorious days where I get to listen to modern-day prophets like Nadia Bowles-Weber, Barbara Brown-Taylor, Diana Butler-Bass, and William Butler III. These prophets and more, they have a way with words, a way of seeing the world and articulating what we need to be giving our attention to. Almost like a societal doctor, a prophet has a way of diagnosing an illness that plagues our world and offering to us a treatment plan. They aren't concerned with just managing the symptoms that can distract us. They are intent on getting to the, co the core of our sickness and offering to us a cure, or at least a starting place on a path to collective wellness. But it's not just the speakers of the goose that prophesy to me. It's also the nature that I find myself immersed in while I'm there. The smell and the gentle sway of the trees, the daily ritual of remembering my baptism with a dip in the river, the dirt that sticks to my sweat-drenched skin. It all comes together to make for a prophetic experience where the daily distractions of life melt away and I return to where I have come from the dirt, the water, the wind, the breath of God. That's what makes the goose a prophetic yearly pilgrimage. The holy people and the sacred place where it is set, it all reminds me of what really matters. And as I think about this experience for myself, I wonder for you, where are those prophetic spaces for you? Who are those prophetic people for you? Maybe it's Martin Luther King Jr., who spoke with courage and clarity about our country's sin of systemic racism. Or maybe a place that frees you from distraction is a sanctuary like this one, where we come here with one clear and simple purpose, to hear the word of God, to receive the sacraments, and to participate in the beloved community through prayer and song and fellowship. Whoever it is, wherever it is, it is there that you experience the prophecy that frees you from distraction. And it's there that something is happening, something between those people and the places that calls us back again and again to be reminded of what really matters. But prophets, prophets aren't always so pleasant, right? In fact, a prophet that doesn't agitate you or get under your skin and stir you to action in some way, I would say isn't a prophet at all. Those might just be people in places that are just enabling you to cope with the distracting symptoms, but never treating the source of the symptoms. A true prophet, as Pastor Lenny Duncan would say, loves you enough to tell you the truth about yourself. And today in our first reading, we hear from the prophet Amos. He could quite possibly win the award for 
being the most unpleasant and upsetting of all the biblical prophets because of his very clear and direct and almost unhinged way of telling the truth about the world around him. He definitely cuts through distractions with lines like, Hear this, you that trample the needy and bring ruin to the poor of the land. I don't know about you, but it's lines like that that have me feeling convicted and almost uncomfortable. Prophets like Amos might even cause our defense mechanisms to spring into action. It's like the first time I remember learning about systemic racism. I had to come to the realization that I myself am a racist for my participation in and my lack of challenge to a system of racism that would show preference to me because of the color of, the, of my skin at the expense of my siblings of color. But thankfully I had prophets surrounding me who would love me enough to tell me the truth about myself and the world around me. But I remember at the time those prophets' words didn't feel so loving. They felt kind of like an attack on everything that I knew and everything that I had taken for granted. But it was also those prophets who didn't abandon me in that place. It was my friends in seminary or the trainers in my anti-racism training or the prophets here at Holy Trinity that continue to surround me and repeatedly tell me the truth about myself and about the world so that we can dismantle racism once and for all. So we can create a just and equitable world where all people have equal opportunity to thrive and experience God's love. But back again to angry Amos for a minute. His words, they are so vehement that we might just want to disregard them and ignore them out of hand because of the way that he communicates. But I would say that's a mistake we'd be making. Instead of shutting down because of the force behind his words, we must struggle to remain attentive to the truth that Amos is trying to convey. I think it's then that those words can burn away the distractions, the fire of those words can burn away the distractions, and return us to our true calling as Christians, to care for the poor, the outcast, the stranger, and the brokenhearted. But there is so much to distract us, so much to do, so many places to be that we can't even make eye contact with the person experiencing homelessness on the street. And our energy and attention is so taken up with our many tasks that we can't even keep up with the most recent depressing news headlines, one more staggering than the first. We just can't even sometimes. We might feel like Martha, who's too busy who's distracted with her tasks, while her sister Mary is just sitting, resting at Jesus' feet, listening to his words. And when we come to our wit's end, with all that is keeping us busy, we can get to the point where we just all at once exclaim, Lord, do you not care that I am left to do all of this work by myself? Tell someone to help me. And here's what makes Jesus I think the most graceful prophet of all time. Jesus doesn't criticize Martha for her work. Jesus just gracefully frees her from her distractions so she can focus on what really matters by saying, you are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. And then that leaves us to think, what is that one thing? Why don't we get that answer? But what I would say is that that one thing that one thing is grace. It's grace that invites Mary to sit at Jesus' feet and listen. And it's grace is the one thing, the most important thing that cannot be taken away from Mary for her attentiveness to Jesus. But back to angry Amos one more time. When I studied the book of Amos in seminary, I remember in my prophet's class, we were studying Amos and I was just all fired up by his words. I was ready to be a prophet like Amos who was going to go out and prophesy to all the people, telling them the hard truths about themselves. I was ready to just call people out on their stuff. <laughs> I wanted to be just like Amos when I was in that moment. But my wise professor, Ralph Klein, he reminded us of the trust 
and the love that must be present for us to be able to convey truth in love. These things don't just come instantly to us. We have to build that together in community. And I have to confess that there's probably been many times from this very pulpit that I've tried my best imitation of Amos. I've tried to tell you the truth about yourself and our world, and I haven't always done it with the most grace. I repent for the ways in which my desires to be like Amos may have distracted you. And today, I would like to prophesy to you in a way that my preaching professor, Craig Satterley, taught us to be prophetic from the pulpit. And he told us to preach, but preach radical, free grace. And in our American culture especially, it's that concept of free that we might have the hardest time comprehending. We so desperately want to know that there's something we can do to unlock that grace for ourselves. But I'm here to testify and to prophesy that there's nothing we must do, there's nothing we can even do to unlock that grace or earn it. Because God's grace is so abundantly, so profusely, so amazingly poured out for all of us. It's to such a degree that it would almost seem wasteful by our human standards. But the never-ending to-do list, the ever-depressing headlines, the countless real and imaginary things that we spend our time worrying about or in fear of, those are all distracting us from this amazing, abundant grace around us. But it's also that grace that cuts through those distractions and returns us to who we are and whose we are, God's own beloved child. It's with that grace as our vision and as our wisdom that we will experience true liberation from all of the things distracting us. And we prophets will become like prophets of grace, inviting others to also experience that liberation and freedom from distraction through our words and deeds that, that prophesy to God's radical, free grace poured out for all people and all creation. Sometimes it just takes us sitting at the feet of our prophets, those people and those places that return us and remind us of the grace that we have, that grace that liberates us, and also that grace that stirs us to action. Amen.
Rejoicing in the good news of God come near, let us pray for the church, those in need, and all of God's creation. That imitating Mary and Martha, the church may be a place of welcome and hospitality. God, in your mercy. For favorable weather, for calm waters and seas, and for all creation, that it become for us a reflection of God's glory. For those affected by natural disasters, that they may be provided relief. God, in your mercy. For those who help make our communities safe and for local and national leaders, that gun violence may cease and your peace and compassion rain down upon us all. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For the sick, the hungry, the imprisoned, those awaiting the birth of children, and all people in need, especially those we name now, either aloud or in our hearts. That Christ, our great physician, care for all who are in distress. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For those who are distracted by overwork and those who seek more adequate employment, that we recognize God's goodness in vocations of all kinds. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We give thanks for Blessed Mary, Martha, and Mary of Bethany, Mary Magdalene, Birgitta of Sweden, James, and all your holy ones. Bring us with them to the welcome of your eternal embrace. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Into your hands, O God of compassion, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your great mercy through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Peace of Christ be with you always. Pastor Ben Adams. I serve as associate pastor here at Holy Trinity, but I'm mainly in the loop. So if you don't know me, that's probably why. So if you don't know me as well, let's say hi after worship together. You know, that would be great. Um, but it's a rare Sunday where I get to be here flying kind of solo. Me and, me and David and the assistants today. Um, Craig is off. Pastor Mueller is off uh, finishing. He's, he's becoming an oblate. In the, well, he did last night, I guess. The ceremony was last night uh, to become an oblate in the Benedictine Order. Uh, Pastor Michelle Sevig is on sabbatical, and uh, Vicar Noah Heron is over preaching at Emmanuel in Edgewater. So we are uh, just us, us here together today. <laughs> but it's great. It's really great. We welcome you here. Uh, whether you are feeling busy like Martha, whether you are feeling peaceful like Mary, whether you are feeling angry like Amos, we hope that this is a space where you can experience a balance between action and contemplation our goal here for sure. Whether this is your first time or you've been coming for years, whatever the color of your skin, whoever you love or marry, whatever your gender identity, your age, your documentation status, your ability, we welcome you here. We hope you experience a sense of belonging here in this place at Holy Trinity. And uh, we hope you will join us after worship. There will be a reception right up here, so a time of fellowship. If you don't know somebody here, introduce yourself to them at the uh, fellowship hour. It's probably the case. Many people are new here. This is a very transient community, and so uh, we oftentimes think we know each other or we don't know each other, and we'll just get over that by skipping the formalities and asking each other our names, huh? So 
We hope you'll join us. That's actually going to be either in here if it's raining or outside in the uh, garden if it's not. Also, I'd like you to turn to page 10 in your bulletin for a few announcements. Most importantly, next week is Noah Palooza. Uh, our beloved vicar Noah is uh, going to be celebrating his last weekend here with us at Holy Trinity. Uh, he will be moving on, uh, doing a road trip out to Portland where he will be relocating to. Um, and so next week is our time to say goodbye. And so uh, there'll be a celebration here after worship uh, next week. Um, and so I think there's some more details about that in your bulletin uh, if you'd like to participate or, or bring some uh, snacks for that. There are volunteers needed at the pantry. This is on page 11. Um, are Ken and James here this morning? I didn't see them. Okay, well, Ken Duckman and uh, his husband James, they are the ones who organize the uh, volunteer opportunities at the pantry, so you can reach out to them or talk to them. I think their information might also be in the bulletin as well. Uh, our anti-racism team here at Holy Trinity uh, is doing a, a book study right now. We are inviting you, if you'd like, uh, to participate with us. We are reading a book uh, called Dear Church, uh, a letter from a black preacher to the whitest denomination in the United States. That is us, the ELCA. So um, we got to hear from Pastor Lenny Duncan when he did his book uh, party release here in Chicago last week. And uh, we invite you to pick up that book wherever you can at your local bookstore, on Amazon, wherever you can find it. Um, and uh, we'll be discussing that book at our anti-racism team meeting uh, on August 4th. Right, at, uh, right after the worship service here on August 4th up in the St. Mark's room, we'll be having a book discussion about your church. So we invite you to pick that up and uh, read it along with us this month and come with uh, comments and questions and everything to discuss on August 4th. Finally, um, our offering today, our loose offering that we uh, will collect here as you come up for uh, Feast of Communion, uh, the loose offering will be going to Refugee One an organization here in Chicago that we've worked with for many years. We've sponsored refugee families through them. Um, but we know that refugees right now are under serious attack by our uh, government and our administration. And so um, it's important at this time that we, we come together and we can support organizations that are doing good work to, to continue advocating for refugees and their rights and continue to resettle them in places that are safe for them and their families. And so uh, just to let you know, that's where the loose offering will be going to today. Um, but I invite you, as we uh, continue, we will stand and sing, Come and Fill Our Hearts, on page 6 of your bulletin. Savior Jesus Christ, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn.
Blessed are you, O God of the universe. Your mercy is everlasting, and your faithfulness endures from age to age. We praise you for creating this world of wonder, for calling your people Israel to be a light to the nations, and for coming among us in your beloved Son, Jesus. With open arms he healed the sick, welcomed the outcast, and gave himself for the life of the world. Blessed be God forever. Blessed be God forever. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this for the remembrance of me. Let us proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Remembering, therefore, his teaching, preaching, and healing, and his life-giving death and resurrection, we await his coming again to share with us the everlasting peace. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Pour out your Holy Spirit on these gifts of bread and wine and on your holy people gathered around this table. Nourish us to be the body of Christ for the world, that the hungry may be fed and the poor lifted up. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. To you be honor and praise, blessed and holy Trinity, now and forever. Amen. Gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray as Jesus taught us. Our Father in heaven, Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial, and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. The gifts of God for the people of God, taste and see that the Lord is good.
Holy God, we give you thanks that you are as far away as the distant stars and as close as our breath. You meet us at this table and we discover our hearts burning within us. Go with us as we leave this place so that your light and your life may shine brightly for all to see. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you in your going out and in your coming in from this time forth forevermore. Amen. Amen.